Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. Not Shear of the Shire? It's very serious today. Oh, we're being serious. Okay, okay, okay. Phew. Game day, game face. Uh, we are here to talk about Arizona's upcoming football game against UTEP on Saturday, September 16th. But before we begin, we have a message from our sponsor. Shelby, have you ever been down in the dumps? Sure. You know what'll cheer you up? What? Homefieldapparel.com. <laughs> Go to homefieldapparel.com and enter the code WILDCATSCOOP23, all capitals, one word, and you can get 15% off your first order. Gee, thanks, mister. I'm gonna go buy it now. You can buy it and wear it to celebrate your team. You can buy a team you hate and- uh, Rip it up. Rip it up, whatever floats your boat. Homefieldapparel.com. Thank you for purchasing Homefield Apparel. Wildcat Scoop 23, code word, 15% off your first order. Wow, that's a lot of words. And scene. Uh, by the way, uh, none of that was scripted. We did that all on our own extemporaneously for you. So I'm really proud of us right there. I hope Home Philip Hare listens to this because I think we're the most interesting. I, don't know. I hope they don't, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's going to be honest. I mean, I don't want them to. Anyway, thank you to our friends at Home Philip Apparel. And moving on, we are excited. Arizona is going to be playing their third game, second game at home. It's going to be. Uh, I think it's Hispanic Heritage Night, actually, so that's always fun. I'm glad you asked, Shelby. I'm pretty 100% sure someone, that it's Hispanic Heritage Night. It's performing. Um, I know that they always bring out the Ballet it is Hispanic Heritage and Night. the Mariachi. Can you let me finish, please? Uh, <laughs> you can click here for more notes on the celebration. Not, you can talk now. Thanks. Um, anyway... Now that we have Jason who confirmed that it's... It's not loading. Give me a minute. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> um, are you really holding well, up want, the podcast okay, for this? I got this? it. Okay. I got it. Okay. Um, so it'll feature special Hispanic Heritage Night pregame music by the Techno Banda La Picosa. Ooh. Entertainment by Exito 93.3. And a, for, this is all starts at 5. A $15 El Charo buffet. Oh, that's actually pretty good. The game sponsor, Vantage West, will honor the Adalberto and Anaguero Student Center and present them with a check. During the first half, mariachi bands and folk dancers will collaborate with the Pride of Arizona 
at halftime. Did you know that Arizona and Vantage West do not pay us? We didn't. We read all of that for Lo free. Lo siento, UTEP. <laughs> you better watch out, UTEP. Um, all right. Well, we're, can we do the podcast now? Or did you want to keep reading about all the activities at the game? Are you, are You're you very mean right now. Okay. I'm a little hyped up, okay? We're hyped up. We're hyped up. If you had to pick one player on UTEP to be on Arizona, like a little trade rooney who would it be? This may surprise you because, well, I don't know if it'll surprise you, but uh, there's a guy on their team that I, I love, and I'm going to talk about him now. Okay. <laughs> he's a linebacker. I don't know if he would start over Manu and Flo, but he's awesome, so I think he would play quite a bit. His name is Tyree Smith. Smith. Tyrese Smith. You are so goofy Dude, right so now. I can't even, his name is Tyrese Knight. Why did I say Tyrese Smith? I have no idea. Do you want to start this whole podcast over? No, I'm I'm, I'm having a rough day today. Tyrese Knight uh, leads the nation, 43 tackles, 28 of them solo. He's number two nationally. He's only playing two games, so he's averaging 14 tackles a game, which is pretty good. Uh, three consecutive games of double-digit tackles for the second time in his career. Uh, he's awesome. Like, he is a guy where, um, you know, like, similar to Arizona's defense, the guys that you want to be leading your defense and tackles is your linebackers. That's the case for a lot of defenses. Uh, everything kind of funnels towards the linebackers. I would assume uh, Knight leads UTEP in tackles on Saturday against Arizona. If not, they probably had a very long day because what that means is they were getting into the secondary consistently. Because Knight is by far the best tackler, the biggest tackler on this team. Um, so if he's not making those tackles. But that's a guy where just his athleticism, his ability to cover ground, uh, I would love to see him on that Arizona defense. And no, I don't think he has eligibility left. This isn't me telling you Arizona is going to get him in the transfer portal. I just thought about mixing it up a little bit, throwing a little curveball. Tyrese, my boy, TK. Team Knight, as we call him. I mean, you just learned his name in this conversation, so. Be nice. I've known about him. I <laughs> tweeted about him, I think, Sunday morning. He was my first UTEP tweet. He's really good. He's going to be all Would you say that he's night and day better oh, look at than you. anyone else in Arizona? By the way, uh, no, we would not take him over Justin Flo. And that's right, Blake. I do love Justin Flo. Yeah, my buddy Blake texted and basically said, is Shelby going to leave you for Justin Flo? <laughs> And normally I would say no, but I'm pretty sure she just confirmed that she is. So no, uh, no comment. Knight, by the way, is I mean he's he's six two two thirty five. He was second team all conference last year. Um, at six and a half tackles for loss, four double digits, all honorable mention as a sophomore. He's a JUCO kid, I believe, from Independence Community College. Uh, was a beast there from Florida. He, he was really good. Okay. Well, it's valid. It's fair. You recognize game. We got it. Um, UTEP's offensive line struggled against Northwestern. Can we expect the same against Arizona? I just want to point out that I was Googling Tyrese Knight on 24-7 to see what he was ranked coming out of high school. And I literally typed Thief Knight. <laughs> I'm having so much trouble as a human being. Anyway, I just want to go back to Tyrese for a second because he was actually a, uh, he was the 12th rated linebacker in the country coming out of JUCO. So out of high school, I mean. Why do you go to UTEP? JUCO. JUCO does, I'm, I'm trying to see his, here we go, Lake Gibson High School. So he wasn't rated out of high school, but he had offers from Bowling Green 
in USF, which isn't bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, the offensive line. Uh, so it is. It, 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 it's weird because it did struggle against Northwestern, but on paper, there's no reason for it to struggle against Northwestern. The Northwestern game was a weird game. It was seven to seven at halftime. It looked like Utah was very much in it, and then it all went to shit in the second half. I mean, they couldn't stop anyone. They could. They made mistakes. It was awful. The Utah offensive line shell returns five starters that have a combined 135 starts. Like, it is very experienced. It allows just one and a half sacks per game over the last three seasons. Um, they have Andrew Meyer, their center, 34 career starts at center. They have Elijah Klein, uh, who I think is awesome and probably their best lineman, 44 at right guard. Justin Myers, Zuri Henry, Stephen Hubbard. Like, all these guys have a ton of starts. Um, it is not a weakness. It is a strength. Now, look, uh, I think they've allowed like six sacks in the first two games um, or something like that. The numbers aren't great, which is weird. And, and, and they haven't faced good competition either. So it's very strange because they have legitimately good offensive linemen. By this time, our article, the 10 best players you should know in UTEP, I think two or three are offensive linemen. They're not bad at all. Like they're, they grade out very well on PFF. Again, Elijah Klein is a guy that I really like that may have a, uh, a low-key NFL possibility. Um, you know, I can we expect the same? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. But would it be a surprise if the UTEP offensive line held its own pretty well? Uh, no, I don't think it would. I think there's enough talent on that offensive line, Shelby, where it could probably put together a pretty good game. It was a really weird game against Northwestern. The spread was like one. It was tied at halftime and ended up 38-7. to seven. Aren't they all weird? It felt like last weekend was weird. It was a weird weekend. This weekend, if you look at the schedule, absolutely sucks. Like, there are no good games, pretty much. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, how do you expect UTAP, 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 UTEP? We'll see. I just had a stroke. (laughs) How do you... I don't know. There's still time tonight. How do you expect UTEP to attack Arizona? Look, anytime you can sexually harass your wife and make her laugh, you got to do it. You do it all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, run the ball. They're going to run the ball, or at least try to. So, Deion Hankins left the game last game against Northwestern with an injury. He is a big dude. He's like 6'1", 225. He's a power back. Uh, he ranks eighth nationally for 255 yards. Um, but to be fair, against Incarnate Word, he had 174 of those. So, he hasn't even ran for 100 yards in his other two games. But... He's, he's good. Uh, his previous best, he ran for 138 against Florida Atlantic last season. Um, six uh, career 100 yards rushing. Uh, you know, he's, he's legit. Like, he's had numerous 100-yard uh, games. And, you know, to me, they're going to use him. They're going to use Burgess. Torrance Burgess is a guy a little smaller. Um, but he was able to kind of get in there uh, when Hankins left the game because of injury and, uh, and did really well, too. I like Torrance Burgess Shelby because he's your height. Oh, okay. He's a little cutie pie. He's 5'6". He's 5'6", 175. It is real 5'6". He might be smaller. Um, but, you know, he, again, he did well. Got in against Northwestern, had 34 yards. Incarnate word, had 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, but like UTEP, the game was at Northwestern. Um, you know, they lost at Jacksonville State under Dana Dimmel. I probably should have said this save this, but whatever. Under Dana Dimmel, they are not a good road team. They are considerably better at home. Um, but, 
you know, I, I would assume they establish the run and they try to slow things down because if they give Arizona a lot of possessions, they're they're going to get killed. Like, they've got to see if they can take advantage of the new clock rules and really kind of go at it. Okay, we'll find out. Uh, what do the Miners look like at wide receiver and quarterback? Uh, <laughs> we just got my Jewish mother mind. is asking me who has the best holla in Tucson. So, Shelby, you take care of that. Come on, the Anatina. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Um, so they actually have good skill position. They have another small guy at receiver uh, who was actually here and teamed up with Jacob Cowing uh, for a really dynamic wide receiver group. Uh, Tyron Smith, 5'7". You know, like in 2022, he was over 1,000 yards for seven touchdowns. 2021, he went for 570. His numbers are considerably down so far this year, uh, but he is pure speed. And, and they're going to try to stretch the field and make one of Arizona star guys um, guard him. He's got 71 passes last season. Uh, you know, in, in sorry, for 71 passes, he's, he's got a chance to be the first player in school history with back-to-back 1,000 yards. If he can do it, he's not on pace. But um, the last time that actually happened was Jacob Cowing, uh, so the, where they had 2,000-yard receivers in consecutive seasons. Uh, the other guy they have that I like is Kelly Akiari. Uh, he actually closed off last season pretty well, hit 100 yards receiving, uh, had four receptions and 32-yard touchdown at Jacksonville State. Uh, he is not bad at all. Shout out Jacksonville State, my boy. Rich Rod, by the way. So Rich Rod held this team to 14 points. So anything, you can do that with, with my guy Rich. But Akiari is another one. Like He has 102 yards on the season, and they came against Jacksonville State. Uh, since then, he had one catch against Infinite Word, five for 53 against Northwestern. Um, they're not big receivers. He's 6'1". So they've got a 5'7 and a 6'1 receiver. They're not going to challenge you with strength. They're going to try to go vertical and uh, really stretch the field. Like you take Akiari, he only has 10 catches, but he's averaging 16 yards a catch, which is obviously uh, pretty wild. Their quarterback is an interesting case. Because he had a good year. I believe it was a couple years ago. He had like a really good year. Like was, was honorable on mention conference. Yeah, this was 2021. He had 18 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But this is great. Um, but he threw for over 3,000 yards, right? The next season he follows it up. And the numbers are just gone. He's got 1,000 yards less. He's got seven touchdowns less. Uh, weird situation. And then so far this season, 
His completion percentage is up. His highest completion percentage going into the season was only 55%, Shelby. Uh, it's 65 this year. The problem is the yardage isn't there, and he's got four touchdowns and four picks. Um, you know, he had two picks against Jacksonville State. He had two picks against Northwestern. Incarnate word, he had two touchdowns, no picks, but he only averaged nine yards a pass. He was throwing screen passes um, the whole game. When you look at 2021, you say, okay, you know, he's got potential. He's fourth in UTEP history with 39 touchdown passes. Uh, he ranks third in yardage, attempts, completions, all that. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, for, for whatever reason, uh, it's just, it's not working this year. And, uh, you know, he, he, what they do with him is he's not like a runner. Like, I, I absolutely, he's not a runner. Um, you know, Johnny Nansen said he likes to get out of the pocket. They'll get him out of the pocket, but he's not running. Like, when you take a look, he's only, uh, he's got 21 carries for 30 yards. Like, it's just sack numbers, right? But they'll roll him out of the pocket and try to create mismatches and try to get you to go on him and then use a tight end that's open. They did that against Northwestern for their touchdown. He rolled out of the pocket a little bit, and uh, it created a mismatch. That's what they'll try to do with him. He's not – look, it, it, when you look at the quarterbacks that Arizona faces this year, he's probably the second to worst behind NAU um, because he's clearly – he's not as good as Will Rogers. In the Pac-12, every school has a good quarterback pretty much, uh, except for Cal in Arizona doesn't play Cal. So, uh, he's not awful, but if he's throwing all over the field, uh, Arizona has done something terribly wrong. Yeah, it would be really bad, especially because if you didn't hear it, he does not run. Yeah. Maybe he scoots. He's mobile. Maybe he skips. I want to say he's like Jaden a little bit, <clears throat> but without even Jaden runs sometimes. That's Okay. He's like Will Plummer. I think I get, okay. There we go. Will Plummer ran a little bit, but he never really ran forward. It was all very lateral. Yeah. Okay. Which is weird because UTEP has a good offensive line. So you think they try to go forward, but Dana Dimmel runs the offensive plays, and the media was really on him this week about the possibility of giving that up because the offense has been brutal this season. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing it. He has an OC who actually worked with Dana Dimmel when Dana Dimmel was at Arizona for three years or so. Um, but the OC doesn't do anything. He doesn't call plays. Wow, best job ever. So, But there's a lot of pressure on him to give up play calling, but he basically said, uh, no, no chance. Hmm. So we'll see if that pressure increases. All right. Uh, switching to the other side of the ball, what type of defensive challenge does UTEP present? Yeah, so... Uh, they're sound. They play a four-two-five a lot. They'll have a Mike and a Will. Um, they'll play four four defensive linemen. They'll have a nickel. Uh, they're not a bad defensive team, and I don't want to pretend like they're really good either. But they're not bad when you look at like the numbers they presented, right? And and the reason I say that is like I know they lost thirty-eight to seven against Northwestern, and Northwestern is terrible. But a lot of that was short field. You know, a lot of that was, you know, we, we turned the ball over and that kind of led. Like, Northwestern only finished. I mean, Northwestern finished with 391 yards, right? Um, 10 yards per pass. But the, the rush, they had a big 80-yard rush. You take that away and they had, like, 40 carries for 100 yards, right? Um, so, UTEP's defense isn't awful, 
Uh, their defensive line has talent. I think their secondary leaves something to be desired. Um, you know, you take a look at their defense overall. Uh, James Neal is a guy. He's started the first the first three games this season, where the first three career starts. He's second on the team with 22 tackles, has a sackles, 22 tackles, has a sack, tackle for loss, forced a fumble. Uh, the guy that I like is a guy whose name I can't really pronounce, but it's fantastic, Shelby. Praise Imahule. Ooh. Uh, first sack of 2023 against Jackson Stone. He's going to break the school record for sacks. He has 18 and a half sacks in his career, his four-year career. The record's 20, I believe. He's going to break it. Not a big guy, 6'3", 250. Um, you know, their their defensive line isn't huge. Uh, but again, like, you go to, like, PFF, for instance, and you take a look at UTEP's defense, and it doesn't grade out poorly. Like, it, it, it's it's a weird situation. Um, just to, to kind of, again, I know PFF isn't the end-all, be-all, but Arizona's defense is a 73.3, which for Arizona is uh, is very good. You'll take a 73. Last year, in coincidence, Shelby, uh, it was in the 50s. What? So uh, 73.3 is pretty good, obviously, especially for Arizona. Uh, you look at UTEP overall, and um, they are uh, 74.5. So... PFF-wise, which I know isn't everything, UTEP's defense has actually played better. Now, of course, it's Northwestern, Incarnate Word, and Jacksonville State, um, so you can't, you know, read too much into that. But even last year, like, their their defense was good at times, and other times it wasn't. Like, New Mexico, New Mexico State, basically, when you put it on paper, <laughs> they were their defense is kind of fake because it's, bad against good teams and good against bad teams. Uh, you know, like North Texas, they allowed 31 points. It was in the 46s, which is as bad as any game Arizona played. Oklahoma was low, but then up, oh, there's New Mexico State and New Mexico, great. Up, oh, they play at Charlotte, bad again. And then it was average pretty much for the rest of the season. Um, so you kind of, you, you take a look at their defense. Again, it's not an awful unit. Um, so far, they've tackled rather well against Northwestern. was the first game they didn't tackle well. Uh, their pass rush is defense. If you're looking for a weakness, um, they don't defend the run most of the time. Right? And again, you look at like their scores and everything on PFF, and the numbers are inflated because they killed Incarnate Word. Even though they only won by touch, two touchdowns, their defense was super good against a bad football team, and that kind of inflates it. But I would expect them to be aggressive, um, try to you know, kind of fool Jaden Delore. Probably, probably they're not going to run a three-three-five, but they could make give you some looks similar in order to confuse Delore. And I'm sure they're looking at the Mississippi State uh, video and trying to figure stuff out. All right, maybe they'll shine like a laser in his eyes or something. Okay, well, Shelby, I'm just saying. Shine That's what I like would a do. Diamond. Um. Shine so, bright. what is the probable path to victory for UTEP? It's very slim. It's super slim. And we're not just jinxing this. No, it is slim. I think the spread is up to 18 at this point. The only real way is if the defense isn't what we thought. UTEP is able to run the ball and control the clock. Um, you know, if you know Mississippi State came out and Nansen said that the, the reason they didn't stop the clock or stop the run, sorry, in the first quarter is because Mississippi State was running plays that had it run all year under the new DOC. I don't think UTEP's going to do something because Dana Dimmel's the OC, and what you th there's not going to be any major surprises. It would take the defense not showing up at all. 
UTEP able to run the clock and then Jaden Delora having another bad game. I'm not sure if UTEP can win even if one of those happens. Like, because I think Arizona is going to be able to score on UTEP. Um, so, you know, run the ball, control the clock, and force some turnovers. And I, I think they – small chance. All right. Very small. All right. Well, uh, flip it. What about Arizona? What is their path to victory? Just play their game. Like, clean football. I think if they play clean football, which is not stupid penalties, like we saw against NAU, no turnovers. Jayden, you know, four interceptions. Right. Jaden plays a good game. Uh, run blocking, because I think Arizona's going to try to run the ball early and often. I know that they don't force the issue, but I, I think they can run on UTEP. But really, if they play a clean football game, uh, I think they should win. I don't think there's any secret recipe or anything they need to do. That's crazy. Okay. And question of the night. What is your prediction? Something Normally, I don't buy into this. But okay. as you know, after the Mississippi State game, something caught my ear. And it was when Jed Fish said, we're disappointed, and now I guess we have to take it out on UTEP. I can't recall him saying anything remotely similar. Ever. In his coaching career at Arizona. I really can't. I'd have to go back. Arizona gets Polito back, my guess. Stukes comes back. Um, they're, they're pretty healthy. Jaden Delora is coming off a bad game. He very rarely has two bad games in a row. And they don't come against teams like UTEP. Uh, I realize like Sagarin has a spread where it is at 18. The spread's 18. I feel like that's low. I'm going to go 45 to 17 Arizona. Wow. I think Arizona beats the crap out of UTEP. Okay. Okay. I feel like it's a little little high. You're a little high. Um, not right now. No, maybe but, later. Uh, um, I don't know. Hmm. That's not a prediction. You knew this was coming. You had time to think about it. Make your prediction. All right. Uh, Arizona 27, UTEP 10. I'll take it. I'm gonna, I think the defense is going to hold. That's fine. There we go. Boom, done. Do you want to give any uh, closing thoughts on your love for El Paso? Keep in mind there may be people from El Paso that Paul Sakala works oh, in El Paso now. Oh, Paul, why did you go back there? Someone was wondering. I think it was <laughs> I think it was Michael Luke that asked. Does that mean that Paul's first game that he covers for El Paso yeah. is against Arizona? We like, just saw him two weeks ago yeah. leaving Arizona. Shout out Paul Sakala. Um, I'm just going to say people might love where they come from. You know, that's cool. If you're from El Paso and that's your jam, awesome. I just... Uh, El Paso is not my preference. I would rather. What is it? Different strokes for different folks? Is that is that what they say? <laughs> Who's what? You mean the the people on the street? Yeah. Sure, that's what they say. Word up. Um, yeah, so I'm not gonna like sit here and slam El Paso, but um, it's just not my my thing. And that fortunately, we're not going there. We are going there. I've told Shelly that Never. should UTEP win, it is an all expense paid trip to El Paso. Me and her. That sounds terrible. Wow. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to our buddy on Twitter at the Gringo Billy, Billy Ridge. Thank you for listening, sir. We appreciate you. Do you have any shout outs, Jason, or any snackles you'd like to call out? I want to shout out Justin Flo for stealing my wife. <laughs> Don't be jelly. As my wife show. Oh, and real quick, uh, there's some basketball news that you probably heard of by the time this drops. Or no, in the morning. Are you about ready to spoil everything? No, I'm not. I don't know if I should have said that. 
Uh, it's nothing crazy. Do it. Uh, no, I can't. But on Wildcat Authority, we do have where the coaches have been and the recruits. More basketball news coming. A bigger story. Nothing bad. Nothing really good. It's just kind of a story uh, that should be dropping on Thursday, hopefully. Okay. People will like it. Also, at some point, we will be doing a mailbag. Yeah, we're going to do a mailbag. Uh, soon. Soon. Soon-ish. Soon-ish. We like those. I like you. I like you. Come here right now. Bear down. Have a great night. Bear down. Shelby, I watched a video today. Okay. And as we know, as an ongoing theme in this podcast, there's exotic animals I want. I watched a video. I would like a toucan. A toucan? Yes. As in the bird? Yes. They're much smaller than you think. I want a toucan. Say yes. Are they aggressive? Say yes. No. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.